1: Hi, this is Leslie Frazier, and this is the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast.
2: Thank y'all for tuning in. I'm Pena Tillman, and this is the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. This is my guy, Roman Harper. We got a good one for y'all today.
3: You know, I, I think it's beautiful. Uh, also, let me just get all the particulars out the way. Uh, anywhere you listen to us. Uh, thank you and if you watch whether you where, wherever it's at, wherever you pick up your podcast Apple Podcasts, I Radio, podcast. thank you as always give us a rating, a review, click follow continue to tell a friend, to tell a friend to tell a friend and we want to pick this thing up, we got a great guest today I'm very very excited for who we have in the building today, I, I literally just want to start the interview because I want the, we're not <laughs> going to spill it all before we ever record so let's just cut the camera on, let's go Pina, who we got here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you who we got. We got Coach Leslie Frazier here today. Um, I, I was just telling him how excited I am to talk to you mm-hmm. because I didn't know your whole complete background. Mm-hmm. I only knew you as Coach Leslie Frazier. Right. Yeah. I didn't know the player yeah. who was and is inside Leslie Frazier. Mm-hmm. You can give him all the details, Peanut, with his resume. But it's just a real honor because the moment we start talking – I get immediately back into the DB room where right? I'm so comfortable. did you at. feel like, that? Yes. I, like, immediately, I'm like, oh, dude, this is like, I'm immediately excited because I can talk ball all day long. I love sure. it. Yeah. It was my first love, and I immediately become passionate when I get around other DB guys mm. immediately about it, especially when you play the position. You understand it so much more. So um, let's go, and let's really just dive into it.
2: No, I don't even <laughs> think I need to read his bio because you—it yeah. makes no sense to read the bio. Yeah, let's just get into it. I want to
1: pick up on what Roman just said. Uh, that familiarity when you're around defensive backs—that that—that's like mindset. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, you feel that symmetry, man. And I feel that you know when you came in and spoke to our guys uh, in training camp. I think it was training camp, but I mean, during the season, and talked to them about taking the football away. And you had some other good things to say as well. But that really resonated with me because right. as, as a coach, you want to take the ball away, but And then watching, you know, Roman throughout his career, having success both in in Carolina and then in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a chance to get some hardware as well. That that makes a difference. And, you know, just just being in in, in both of your company, as a coach and then as a former player, you have a lot of respect for guys who know what it takes to have success on the field. Because a lot of times people think it's just all about being fast, being strong. Yeah. Uh, that's enough to allow you to be successful. But I know we're talking about students <laughs> of the game. When I'm talking to the both of you, both guys spent time in the, in the film room. Mm-hmm. Both guys took notes that's on tough. the people that they were playing against. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me excited when I'm around other defensive backs, guys that understand from the neck up, that matters. It's yeah, just how high I can jump or how fast I can run. And, both of you guys exemplify that, man. You you both understood it took more to be successful than just working out in the off season. I had to spend the time in the classroom. The walkthroughs mattered. Oh man! Both of you love. Walker. So I mean that 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 encourages me both as a former player and as a coach as well.
2: Is it weird that I want you to coach me right now? Because I feel like I can play a game with that <laughs> with that with that speech you just gave me. Like I I, I feel like playing right now. We were talking to BA a minute ago, and I was like, I feel like I, I still got it. Now I really feel like I still got. It. Like I can go play a whole season right now. We ain't but like two weeks away from the season. Like I'm I'm ready for it now. With which what you just told me. Like let's let's go. I'm ready to try out for somebody. <laughs> I, too. I, I think it's
3: so special as well. It's like, you know, Coach talked about you, you know, how much you helped them create turnovers and things like that. I'll never forget uh, when Peanut showed up with uh, as my teammate in Carolina, my second year there. And you look up and Steve Wilkes is like, look, I don't know what it is, but when this guy Peanut shows up, he's going to start punching at the ball. But naturally, you just got to keep running. Just run to the ball it's going to hit the ground. I don't know how he does it. It just starts to happen. Right. Not only that, but it's the same thing What you said and Wilkes told me too. He's like, but he does it and then all of a sudden it becomes contagious. That's right. And, and, and the, everybody starts doing it. And you, like, I didn't even know I should attempt to punch at the ball mm. at times that I did until I got around him and you feel safety. Like, you know what? I, I should citrus, try it. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't hurt yeah. at all.
2: And then nothing. all of a sudden,
3: yeah, it costs you nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the balls is out. Yeah. And it's it becomes this attitude, and now we're competing about it. And when you get competitive, oh man, with really good yeah. competitive people, yeah, you got something. You got something really yeah. special yeah. there, and th- that is what you're talking about. And yeah. it's just really good when you get in those great rooms, and you were in a great room as a player as well mm-hmm. on the '85 Bears, mm-hmm. which I just didn't know you were the freaking starting corner for the best defense of all time until I do a deep dive in because, and a lot of times people don't remember you and it's not because you didn't put up numbers. I mean, you put up great numbers. You had 20 picks in five years. Like who's putting up those numbers. Mm. Right. But it's more the fact of the injury that occurred. Mm. Your career was cut short in the biggest game. And now when you win it, we just cut the TV off. we're happy as Chicago bear right, fans, right. We don't actually think about the the dead bodies that we left out there, mm-hmm. I'm not calling you a dead body, but mm-hmm. this is what happens, and this is what life is. Can you kind of walk us through that? The play call like how did it happen? because it was it didn't even count.
1: It was a flag. yeah, yeah, it was um you know one of those tough moments We, we tried a, a trick play, and I know peanut having played in Chicago is very familiar with that team and the success of our, our team. Um, we try to trick play, a, a reverse punt. Now, Roman, this is a play, Peanut, that we practice all year long. Yeah. We practice it all the time. And I was the guy receiving it. I had returned punts in college. and But we went like 19 weeks, man, and we we never called. I used to tell our special <laughs> teams coach, I used to say during the season when we practice it, if y'all ever call that play, I'm going to score on it. Yeah. Then it came in in the Super Bowl. I was like, man, I can't believe they call it now. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the Super Bowl. The whole season is gone by and they call it. So I said, okay, here we go. And um, uh, our partner Turner catches the ball. And then, you know, I'm one of the guys that's that's out holding up. And now I reverse back around and come and uh, get the handoff. And we were playing down in New Orleans, playing New England. um, And I ended up playing my foot in that turf uh, at the Superdome. And, and end up tearing my ACL up. And mm-hmm. back then, you know, the surges weren't what they are today. Not even close. Um, that was a cringing injury. But in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be one of those guys who uh, comes back. I'm going right. to do something that, that people haven't been doing with this injury. I'm going I'm to make it back and, 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 and have a testimony behind it. And so I go through like 18 months of rehab, man, working my tail off to get back. And so I missed a, a, a season, and then I come to training camp um, to to see where I am from a physical standpoint. And they tell me that they, they don't want me to start yet. After we take the physical, um, you know, continue to rehab your knee, work on your knee, and then we'll we'll put you on pup, and then we'll we'll get you back out there. Well, a few days later, our head coach uh, Mike Ditka, calls me in. He asked me to stop by his uh, dorm room. We we're up in Plattsville, Wisconsin. You didn't get yeah, a chance to I practice up there, but uh, <laughs> I good was place. in Urbaine. Yeah,
2: yeah. I heard about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of good. I would probably up say there. lucky you. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> you. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> like, but uh, that's
2: both. when training camp was real. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Two days, the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, come to Coastal, uh dorm room, and in his room, man, there is our owner, uh, Mike McCaskey. Mike McCaskey. Yeah. Uh, our general manager at the time, um, a guy named Jerry Venisi, our team doctor, our head trainer, um, the, our director of personnel. And I say to myself, I said, man, all these guys in here to welcome me back. This is pretty cool. You know, Oh wow, you know, that was you know, your nice. first thought. That's my first <laughs> thought. I really believed that nothing else went through my mind. Yeah. That, they're just going to sit down and talk to me about my knee and, and where we are, what our plan is going forward. And they told me that I hadn't passed the physical. And they thought it was too risky for me to go back on that field. And I knew I hadn't gotten my range of motion back. I knew that in my mind, but I wasn't really ready to accept that. I wanted to be able to get back out and just try it. Yeah. And you guys know if you can't sprint in the secondary, it's going to be hard to do your job. Right. Uh, But mentally, you know, you don't want (laughs) to accept the fact that you can't pass a physical. You've been taking physical since you were a little kid. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you can't pass a physical. So, so I told them, I said, you know what? Why don't you guys put together uh, a waiver and I'll sign a waiver. I just want to be able to go out there and practice and see if I can do it. And they said, no, no, that's, that, that you, you'd you be at risk. Uh, we're not going to take that risk. And that was pretty much it. You know, got in my car and uh, took that drive from Plattsville back to my home in Chicago. And, and all these thoughts are going through my mind. I'm only yeah. about 26 years of age at that yeah. time and just came off the third consecutive season of leading the team in interceptions. Yeah. So, Put up you know, big numbers. That, yeah, yeah. So, putting up so, great numbers. Yeah, so, um, not the news I wanted to hear, not the way I wanted my career to end, so in my mind, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to work as hard as I can and maybe come back and play again, but uh, that, w- that was a, a lot of self-reflection on that drive uh, yeah. back to my home in Chicago, but, um uh, uh, little did I know, uh, God had a different plan. Yeah, right. and that second act that we're we're gonna be talking about, uh, it's worked out really well.
2: How did that? How did that injury? And we can just get into it right now. Like that that injury kind of changed the trajectory of your life. Like let's yeah. let's let's talk about the so you're in your car. They well back it up. They they tell you you know we're we're not gonna sign you. Your your range of motion. You're injured. We gotta let you go. And then that entire drive back, like, what's racing through your head? You're only 26-year-old. Do you think, well, I'm still trying to come back? Or, or man, maybe I need to get a job. Maybe I'll be a coach. Maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe I'll be a yeah, w- whatever. You know, like yeah. what 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 was running through your mind, you know, once they once they told you that? Because I know for me, the the my last day in an NFL building, or at least the Bears, when when I finally got the your cut. Mm. I walked in there. It's the general manager. It's the head mm. coach, and I'm like, oh, okay. I think I know what time it is. I think they're finna tell. And then Charles Tillman, you've been a great bear. And then that was all I heard. And then from that point on, it was just wah 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 wah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at yeah. Fox. It was John Fox, and he cut me. He was just like, yeah, we're not gonna renew your contract. And I was just like, once he said that, I didn't hear. He might have <laughs> given me straight compliments, but after that, I couldn't. I. I was just like, well, I was like, yeah. damn, this is what it feels like to get cut. Man, this feels weird. Yeah. I've never been cut before. What am I going to do? I guess I'll just go to my locker and clean my locker out. I got to get the kids. Yeah, <laughs> this is awful right now. This is what they feel like in training camp when I watch hard knocks when the coaches get <laughs> the coaches cut. Like I had all these thoughts running through my head. Yeah. and Then I was just like, all right, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and then I and then I walked out like. I, explain that like so yeah. they they let you go and you get in this car like I- explain that and then how that how that specific injury changed the trajectory of your life
1: well all those thoughts that you mentioned you uh, know you know what's next mm-hmm. I mean, all those things are going through your mind and uh, that's exactly what was happening to me as I was driving I think it may be in a two hour drive uh, so I'm just reflecting man and this is pre-cell phone. So it's not like you're going to get right. on the cell phone and yeah. talk to someone. There's no release. It, yeah. This is it's, all Yes, in your, in your mind. You're thinking about it. And so, um, uh, so I get home and, you know, I talk to my wife. Of course, she's heard the news. It's big news. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we, we talk and we do, a little, do some praying together. And, and I immediately begin to think about getting back on the field. I wanted to get back on the field. I, right. I, I, I didn't, want my career to end that way. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're that young and, and have had the success that I was having. I and think so, it's crazy. I did not know you put up those numbers. Yeah. So, so and, Baller. And, and this is yeah. the other part of it. When I was injured, I was in the final year of my contract. Mm. Uh, so, man, I was like,
0: fired th- up. You know? I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm about to get like, my
1: money. Like, oh, no, yeah, I'm about to go get it. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. You know the thought, man. <laughs> and so when that injury came, I was like, man. Uh, but I think the, the Bears organization, the McCaskies, uh, and Mrs. Hallis, who you, you're mm-hmm. very familiar with, Miss McCaskey, they were so good to me uh, post-career. You know, even when I got back home, like I was telling this story when I was inducted into the Black College Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. George McCaskey flew down after leaving uh, Mrs. Hunt's funeral in Kansas City, flew to Atlanta the same day. To be at that ceremony. Oh, I didn't know. And I told this story, man, about his parents. When I was going through my rehab, his mom and dad called me and my wife up, took us out to dinner, mm-hmm. just to talk, just to hang out. I mean, how many owners do that? You know? Yeah, yeah, not many. Because you know, I'm in the I'm in the dumps, being injured, and you know, can't be on the field, and they just wanted to cheer cheer me and my wife up. So I'm forever grateful uh, to that family and, 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 and for what they meant to, to me during that period of, uh, of right. my life. Uh, but that injury definitely changed the trajectory of my life, of my career and my life as well because in my mind, I was going to go on and have a a sustainable NFL career and then retire and go into whatever uh, after that. But uh, when things got cut short, now you got to fast forward, you know. yeah. I wanted to play. I wanted to get back on the field again. So... That fall, that when I got home in August, I got a, a a letter in the mail from the president of a small school in in the suburbs of Chicago in Deerfield, mm-hmm. Trinity College. They were starting a football program from scratch. Okay, so because
3: I'm glad you bring this up because I I had to know when I was I'm like hold on, it's an NAIA school mm-hmm. and it's I didn't know exactly where it was. I looked it up, but it didn't show me the direction. I drive by it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, but. Trinity International. Yeah. And I'm like, how does he go from playing to like the head coach? Yeah. Like he was an assistant. His first job as coaching was the head coach. Right. What was that like going to like, no, I'm at the top of the food chain, running a program. And going from player where it's like, I can still show you guys how to do it a little bit Mm because I'm young. And fresh, but
1: I really don't know what I'm all the way doing. Oh yeah, that, that you're you're right on about that. I <laughs> sure didn't know what I was doing. I was Learning like, on the run. Yeah, yeah I was uh, wondering like, how did yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, but but for me, it wasn't an aspiration to, to to be a coach. That wasn't something I desired. You know, I'd look at Coach Dicker, I look at Bud and Ryan, our D coordinator, look at our my my coaches, and I go like, man, this is a thankless job. Those guys spend all these hours over here, yeah. and, yes, you know, all they talk about is us, but they're the ones putting this plan together. We're going out and executing yeah, it. And they all seem mad all the time. <laughs> <Right, laughs> yeah, they, right. Never joy. Yeah they, they, yeah, they didn't seem happy yeah, at all. Yeah, <laughs> there's no life in So <laughs> that, not that right. was not in my mind to be a coach. And so what I did was, you know, I just, I, I started exploring, just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I went and visited some different businesses. I had gotten my degree in business administration. I went to visit some different companies in, in Chicago just to see if that's something I might want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I was still working on my knee, still trying to get my range of motion back. yeah, and my agent uh got through to uh, Seattle, and Seattle wanted to bring me out uh to test my knee and uh, give me a physical so I flew to seattle in um in the month of I think it was January, so we go from August and in between that time, that president at Trinity International University, it was Trinity College at the time, he had not given up on trying to get me to become interested mm-hmm. in coaching. Mm-hmm. And so he continued to call me, write me, have other people that he knew, uh, that knew me, call me. And my wife said to me one day, she said, what would it hurt just to go over there and just, just listen to what he has to say? What would that hurt? And I said, okay, I'll do that. I'll just go and mm-hmm. hear what he has to say. And so he described the job and what he wanted to get accomplished uh, by starting football at Trinity. And he thought I was the perfect person for it. And I was like, man, coaching? I don't know. And so I, I recommended a friend of mine who was coaching at Purdue University at the time, uh, who played linebacker for us, and I thought he'd be great for the job. And the president said to me, no, you're the right guy for the job. <laughs> now, this is in November. And I was like, I don't know. And I got to go home and think about it. But all the things he said to me, they made sense. And in my mind, I was like, if my career was going to end the way it looked like it might end, Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, God would have something that was unique for me to do. And this was unique because, you know, I'm 26 (laughs) years of age, a black man at a predominantly white school. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're asking me to be the head coach to start the program with no previous experience other (laughs) than playing. I'm saying, this is unique. And, um, but I still wasn't ready to say yes, man. Yeah. So, still so wanted I, to play. I still wanted to play. Yeah. It was in my heart. I wanted to play. And, and so I kept working on my knee. And then uh, I flew out to Seattle in January. And I passed the medical. But in my mind, I knew I didn't have my range, you know, even though I passed that medical. And they told me that they were going to come back, or bring me back, and do the, you know, back pedal drills, the plan and drive, all the things you do as a DB. Mm-hmm. That would be the next step. When I get on the plane, I'm flying back to Chicago and on that plane, I'm just wrestling with what the president had talked to me about, about Trinity. I'm wrestling with going back to Seattle. And I said, you know, if I go back and turn this opportunity down, will I miss, you know, what, what I'm being called to do that, that will, that's what was going through my mind. So we land, The plane lands and I get off the plane, I, Uh, go to a payphone. I call my wife up and I tell her that I think I'm going to take this job at at Trinity. And she was, she was good with it. So I call my agent up. I tell him he was not good with it. He he was like, what are you doing? I think the GM at the time was a guy named Mike McCormick. They have this all set up for you. They're expecting you to come back there and work out. And, and I said, um, I, I I think this is what I need to do, and he was going. What's the name of the school? Why, why would you be interested in doing this? Why would? You? And so I knew he wasn't going to understand. It I, It mm-hmm. was clear that he wasn't going to understand. And I said, uh, you know, I'll just talk to you later, and I called the president up and I told him I was going to take the job, and and that March of 1988 started the journey, and uh, you know, brings me to where I am today. So I I, I think awesome, I I I love that story. Awesome. I, I
3: also want to know. Is it more the fact, do you think, looking back on it, when you're on that plane ride back from Seattle, was it like, okay, do I really, truly, am I ready to accept that I might not be ready to play football? Was it the fear of being told, you know what, you're, you think you're good, you pass the physical, but you're not where you used to be? Is it that fear, our own ego as former players? Because we know what it takes like. We know what it's like when we're at the highest level. We, we've we seen ourselves, we're our own worst critic. Um, was it that fear or was it
1: truly like, you know what? I think this is just the opportunity and God's telling me I need to do this. That's pretty much what it came down to. Because I, if, if I had gotten my range in my own mind, I probably would have taken that Seattle yeah. route. But I knew when I was doing my workouts, I couldn't like, Burst, you know, I couldn't get the burst, yeah. and you gotta. You guys know, man. You got to fir-
3: Yeah, it's the same thing. That Sean
2: Merriman said yesterday. Yeah, it's the same the thing. Same exact <laughs> thing. It was like I just didn't have that first step, like yeah. that burst. Like yeah. I, I felt it. Yeah, right. And, and so, you know yourself. You know yourself. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. So it, even though the medical, yeah. I was fine physically. I knew in <laughs> my heart. So I said, if I if I walk away from this, I'm, I really feel like I'm walking away from what God's calling me to do. To to your point, and. Uh, and it's probably one of the maybe the, the best decision I ever made in my life to to go ahead and accept that that opportunity and I was some, it was challenging you know right. for sure starting a program from scratch with no yeah. previous experience and all that but uh learned a lot on the fly oh man it, w- it was a great experience for me uh 9 years you know being the head coach there and uh early on, you know, we were the homecoming team for everybody. And, uh, you know, we, we got that turnaround and won some conference championships. Uh, had a guy to get drafted to the 49ers. There it is. So it was, you know, we were just very, very blessed there. And, you know, before I left, I mean, they named the field after me. So uh, it, was, it was tremendous, man. And, and the president, Dr. Ken Meyer, mm-hmm. was outstanding. I and mean, He was my biggest proponent, uh, was in my corner throughout and just – you know help me navigate those waters and what i did was i called as many of my old coaches as i could and just asked questions you know how do you do this how do you do that and some things they had never had to do that i was doing i mean we had to you come up with from uniforms yeah yeah, yeah 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 you build them from scratch had, had to, it's totally yeah, different <laughs> had to get money to build a weight room and all those things you know you're a fundraiser you're a head coach uh, you're out there lining the fields, uh, you know, you're hiring the staff. I mean, all these things. Doing everything. Everything. I mean, yeah. you're doing everything. Everything from scratch. From scratch. You've never yeah. done it before. So, yeah. but it was good for me because um, it, it's, it's helped me throughout my coaching career. Some mm-hmm. of those things I went through at Trinity uh, to be able to see things from a different perspective. Now, it's different when you start off as the head coach. Yeah. And so when I got my first job as an assistant to someone else, that was a challenge because I was yeah. so used to... Doing it your guy, own way. Doing right. it right. your own way. Right, Yeah. Right. What, what, what so, was...
3: I want to know, what was that like? I mean, the first time you're working under somebody else. Yeah. And how did... The coach's dynamic, I think, is always crazy. I, I saw it in Carolina all the time because Sean McDermott naturally is a defensive back coach. Mm-hmm. But he's a defensive coordinator. Right. And Steve Wilkes is his defensive back room. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> this dynamic is always... yeah. And it's like, I mean... I know it's your defense, but like right. this is my room. Right. And like, right. And so, how does that dynamic always have to play out in learning
1: how to be um, a good teammate as a coach? I had to learn that. I had to learn what servant leadership was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and that's a great term. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking for that. So when I went to the University of Illinois with Ron Turner, who was a head coach who was a former Chicago Bear mm-hmm. coach as well, and uh, he asked me to come down and uh, be the defensive back coach, and it's 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 a story behind that as well. I was just I was 39 years old at the you know being at Trinity for that period of time. Uh, when I when I when I started at Trinity, I I, I didn't know if it would be lifelong. Could have been, could have been, uh, but I got to a point where I said. If I don't leave now, I don't know if I'll, I'll ever leave because mm-hmm. I had gotten really comfortable there. We had built the program up. We were a good program now. and one of the better teams in NIA uh, at football after winning some conference championships, being ranked as high as third in the nation. Uh, we had done some good things. And, but in my heart, I was like, I think there's more. I think there's more I can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when Ron called, I said, I'm going I'm to give it a shot. And, I, and I, as long as my wife was, was good with it, because I knew once I left Trinity, because I mean, that could be a job you could stay in for the rest of your life. But once you leave there and get on this, 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 this wheel, this mm-hmm. car wheel, it, it's a journey now. And yeah. I, I, yeah. I knew that from experience, just, just seeing friends of mine who were in coaching. And she was good with it. Uh, so I told Ron, we'll come down. And so in that first staff meeting, man, that I'm not running, I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm watching. That was just awkward, you know, for me. It was just, just an awkward feeling. But I learned uh, to accept my role and yeah. to support the head coach. That was what was most important because that's what I needed when I was in that chair. And, right. you know, I needed to have that attitude and, 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 and be that, that servant leader in, in that role. And, and I've always thought about that all throughout my times when I've been an assistant, uh, the importance of being a good assistant coach and yeah. really helping that head coach to be the best that he can possibly be.
2: Yeah. So. so, how has it been? This is your first off season, hmm. not coaching. I went to a game last year and I saw Rob Marinelli, one of the great defensive minds in the game, great defensive uh, hmm. defensive line coach. And I went up to one of the suites, and the play is going, and he is literally, he's looking, you know, he's looking <laughs> at the play. Ah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then he come, oh, he come back. And he watched it. like he watched the entire game like he was still oh, he home. was in the he was in the booth he was in yeah but he was in his suite he was in coach eber uh, coach eberflus suite mm-hmm. but he watched the, the play would go and he he leaned down he leaned forward put his hands on his knees okay and they huddle up oh they back okay <laughs> and I, I just I was just like how you doing this? he was like oh. still stressing I
3: was like I'm still stressing <laughs> I mean, he has no uh, skin in
2: the game but he was like. It's, it's it's tough. It's, it's my first time that yeah, I'm not coaching and he goes, I, I don't know. I I don't know, but it's, I got to give it, I just got to give it time. It'll get better. <laughs> but like he, when I say he was like locked in, even wow. in the booth, yeah, he yeah. was like dialed all the way in. Yeah. So how has it been for you? Well, we haven't gotten there yet, but how do you think it'll be for you being, you know, you haven't coached, this is the first time you haven't coached in a, in a really long time.
1: Really long time. 40 years. Yeah. So either playing or coaching. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be challenging, probably similar to Rod. I hope not (laughs)
2: quite that extent,
1: (laughs) but I'm sure it's going to be similar. What has helped me is, you know, some of the things we're doing here at the NFL Network, you know, Mm -hmm. going out to training camps, uh, doing the show in the studio a week ago with the preseason, that, that takes my mind to a different place. So I see the game from a different perspective and that's helped me. If I were just sitting around and, and, trying to keep up with what's going on in the league, I'm sure I'd be like Rod. I'd be pulling my hair out, going crazy, you know. But uh, I'm able to look at the game a little bit differently right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the regular season may be different. You know, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but for now, I can distance myself a little bit. Uh, you know, you do have friends you want to pull for in the league. But uh, just a different perspective when you are on this side yeah. versus being right in it.
2: What's been the biggest adjustment being on this side in the media now, though, being being an analyst? What's what's been the biggest adjustment for you? Uh,
1: the, the, probably the biggest thing is when we're preparing for a team or or teams, uh, and 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 coaching, you're locked in on that opponent. As you guys know, mm-hmm. you spend so many hours, man, on just getting to know that opponent. For sure. Whereas in the broadcast business, you've got to know the league. You know, yeah, you got to know rosters from this team to that team, you know, so it's totally different in that way. You don't lock in on that opponent and get to know them like you know yourself almost. Right. And and so that's, that's probably been the biggest adjustment just getting to know the entire league because at any moment you could be talking about Cleveland today, uh, you're talking about Detroit tomorrow or within the same conversation. So, uh, learning those different rosters and being able to communicate what you know.
3: So a couple of years ago, I was at a basketball game and I happened to be. Uh, it was it was a Jordan tournament and so it was all the Jordan teams in college and basketball in North Carolina was there. And the uh, the former coach Roy Williams, who's been there for forever, he literally was like your guy Rod Marinelli. He was he's <laughs> on there and I'm sitting by his wife. We're right there and it, and he's just like he's he's like coaching, yeah. but he's. Not coaching, retired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in his mind, he can't turn it off. Right. Yeah, right. How hard has it been? Because you you probably never turn it off. You see things, you are like, oh, it's... yeah. And you are constantly coaching. How does it? How is like? How do you guys ever turn it off? It's almost in your DNA at this point. You've been doing it since you were twenty six years old. Oh yeah. Okay. And so you don't know any any better. How is that manageable? And is your wife just used to it? And you just she just ignores it. Like when you're watching a game at home, yeah. you're not on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, how do you handle those moments? Because those are the moments when nobody's watching. Right. And I know you can't
1: help yourself the most. You, you, you're exactly right. It's just, it's hard to turn it off. Yeah. Uh, you see I don't think things. you can turn it off. Yeah. I don't think any coach can no. turn no. it off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you, think players My dad was off. a coach. I I,
3: I don't think okay. they can turn, turn it yeah. off at all. You, you saw it. The first yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. the same right now. He yeah. calls me and he's like, I'm like, all right. You know, he's telling me right. about onside kicks. Yeah. Like how to block it up. Right. Like, right. All right, dad. It's just, he just yeah. can't turn it off. Yeah. Somebody gave up one. He's like, oh, this is, right. this is just what you're supposed to do. And he's yeah. drawing it up on a paper. Yeah. So I, I want to know how you guys as coaches, how do you ever get
1: to that? I don't, or do you never get to it? Yeah, I don't. I, it's, it's, I'm still in the early stages, but the guys I've talked to, they're more like your dad. They're more like you know, want to talk ball all the time and see things in a ball game. Yeah, I'll call you up and talk about them, and and that's okay. It uh, you know, everybody has their different ways. I think it's important to find a hobby, though. my, yeah. my son who is a scout with the Ravens, he's been he's been encouraging me to get into golf or something. Uh, something to give you a, def- <laughs> a, a, a deflection uh, from football. So I'm, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find a hobby and 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 try to do that, and not just be so. Uh, single-minded uh, mm-hmm. like I was when I was coaching otherwise man how do you enjoy your, your time away <laughs> you know you don't really get a time you, you're you so stressed so, right. I don't want to be like that, right. that. and you, yeah. you, you so, talked about it because you still you, you'd like to be a head coach again at some point I would now you know y- you'd hope that would happen um, I'm taking a different route you know stepping away yeah. like I have yeah. and, uh, but I really felt in my mind Roman that this was if it was going to happen this was the, the way it would happen uh, it things weren't working no matter how much success we had in Buffalo to get in front of people and and talk to them about jobs. So I said, you know, I'm getting to a point in my career where, you know, the the sand is running out of the hourglass. And uh, if I'm going to do this, this is the time to do it and made a decision. And so I'm hoping that that an owner, uh, when this is all over with, when this season's over with, uh, that, that I'll be able to get in front of an ownership group and, and talk to him about some opportunities.
2: Yeah. So, what? Well, uh, Coach McCarthy stepped away for a year. Sean yeah. Payton, he stepped away for a year. Uh, Sean did a little bit of broadcast, got on the media, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to talk to the the Broncos ownership and yeah. landed him a gig. Yeah. Uh, a year later. So, yeah. Man, I uh, I I I salute you, and I I hope that that. Uh, we we speak that in uh, existence and voice into fruition, and I'm yeah, I'm I'm rooting for you. Appreciate it. I'd, I'd I'd love to come to your new team and whatever team it is, and come talk to them about turnovers because I know. <coughs> What kind of a defensive mind you are. you see that whole thing are? go
3: all the way hey, around? Hey, Rome. And come back we, to Peanut. It's we like, keep... man, look at that. It's me. It ain't <laughs> me. It is not me. It's me. Hey, hey, he's I'm tying up. him up on that he's offer like,
2: though. Hey. Uh, hey bring, I, I, uh, I wish bring I could with you. Bring yeah, with I you. I'll bring him with, with me. Him. I wish the, the yeah. one thing I'm really sad about though was like I wish you know I I played for Lovey Smith, another great defensive mind, but I I wish we would have been able to, like, you could have been our D coordinator, D, mm. D coach, or just something with with, with our defense. Because we had some, man, we had a good squad and we oh, had some yeah. great coaches. And I knew yeah. you would have only blessed us even more yeah. with your defensive mind and what yeah. you got, the yeah. rod. And, like, I just, I wish I could have been a part, or you could have been, we could have linked up at some point in time mm. and been a part of a defense. Like, it just would have been, I thought I was a good player. I could have be, <laughs> been an, even a better player. No, you, you know a what I'm saying? Like, I just... Yeah. I wish we could have just, man, I wish I could have been blessed for you to be a part of what we was with. Well, um, we don't know how this
1: thing's going to end, but I will be calling both of you when the time comes (laughs) and we will utilize
0: your (laughs) talents in a different (laughs) way. I I, I love
2: that. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp
3: You know, let me. I just got a ball question. It, it is what it is. So, Coach, this is what I've heard about Leslie Frazier's defense, and not. This is my first time actually getting to talk to you. I got to ask. Yeah. And so, I always wanted to know when you guys did a lot of stacks or trip or bunch formations. I had guys that came from your system, and they said, Coach Leslie Frazier doesn't let us like in and out it. He wants them to know this is your guy. You go with <laughs> right. him. And he didn't let him in and out. I'm like, it's so much easier just to do that in and out. No banjos, like, no banjos. It was no like banjo. a huge because I'm a banjo guy, love I'm a it. Banjo guy. I'm a banjo guy, love it yeah. to death. All right. He's like, no, and and banjo means like me and you. So yeah. he if me and him are working together, me and Peanut, and we're placing two guys. The first one goes out, I got him because I'm out, mm-hmm. and you got the next one. If not, we're gonna lock it. And my guy goes wherever he goes, I got him, and you got your guy. Wherever he goes, we we're not banjo. We're not working together. We're independent contractors. But when we banjo, everybody's together. Right. It just to me, it just seems easier. It's flowy. Yeah. It just goes. Could you explain? Yes. yes, this was a one big. Day. I'm like, why doesn't he do that? Right. They're like, I don't know. It's just I've, Coach, it's Coach Fraser's thing. I've, I've evolved
1: on that part of it. If, if and it, I heard that too in it, Buffalo. It, you evolved if, to that. If you if you get a tight stack, yes, yeah. it's just easier to be in and out. Yeah, zebra however way you want to call it. Yeah. So. Uh, but one thing that happens sometimes is when you are, as you guys know, when you're banjoing it, when you're playing it out, or whatever you call it. We both got to see it the same time. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Otherwise, coach, coach, Frazier's, coach Frazier's like, hey, what are we man? doing? What are we doing <laughs> this time? we locking it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. The first time it. you no mess it up, Communi- miscommunication. <laughs> it's, it's over. Lock it. I got my man. You got your man. It makes it cleaner. That's it. And That's exactly, so what, they we right. that's oh, exactly
2: what they You're told me. If you can execute it, we're fine. We're fine with it. it. Yeah. The minute you mess up, it's a wrap.
3: That's such a coach answer. He's like, I mean, with, was y'all Joe in? What was that? He he spoke he spoke it. He spoke it. <laughs> you, know,
1: you know, these are DBs right here. this is. <laughs> and you, you know what? You guys, I believe, would be the same way, man. If you see them out there struggling with their communication, mm-hmm. you're going to say, how can I simplify Yep, this? right. Because at, at, at the end of the day, you think, I don't want us to beat ourselves. Yeah, right? I agree. You know, if you're better than me, hey, congratulations. Yeah, but for us to be making minimal mistakes or, or or busting stuff, yeah. no, you got no chance. No, you got no chance.
3: No, you got no chance in the back. So of we lost it. I like that. I like that. I like. <laughs> That's that. why I had to ask you. I had to. <laughs> we started going to the boss said. All right, this is what I've been hearing all. Day. I gotta know. Yeah, I gotta yeah, know. Yeah. And you're right. And i I'm I heard you evolved as you continue to progress. And yeah. this was like a big thing. And they said, like, he's like, because he knows exactly who messed it up. Oh, yeah. Like if we lock it, then we know.
1: This this is one thing I learned uh from Buddy Ryan, who's our D coordinator in Chicago. He he would do a good job, peanut of listening to the players. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his scheme, uh, a renowned scheme, that 46 defense. But at the end of the day, Roman, if I came to him and I said, okay, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this name, Cliff Branch. Fast guy, Hall of Famer. Yep, from the Raiders. From the Raiders. Great player. Yeah. We'll use him as an example. We were a big press team. So if I say to him, hey, buddy, because he, he's telling me you, you got to handle Cliff Branch. And I'm watching tape, man. I'm saying, man, I don't know if I can press him every down, man. This guy's like tough at the line. And if he gets a step. He gone. He gone. <laughs> I ain't going to catch him. So uh, I say to Buddy, I said, I don't want to press him all the time. I got to be able to be up and back and mix it up. Whatever you you need to do, Leslie, if that's what you think you need to do to get get the job done, get the job done. Man, you know what that does for a player? Yeah. When the coach listens to him. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be one of those coaches who wouldn't listen. Yeah. So, So when the guys were saying, hey, coach, this is better sometimes and this is why, I said, okay. That's fine. Let's try it. But, <laughs> just like Buddy told Big me, but. if that's going to help you to do your job, that's all right. Now, if I don't get it done, then I got to go back and do it the way he wants it done. Right. Yeah. But he's trusting me mm-hmm. based on what I've seen on tape and knowing my abilities as well, that he's trusting my judgment. So, uh, as a player, that empowers me, man, and make yeah. this work when you have a coach like that. And that's that was one of the beautiful things about playing for a guy like Buddy as as great as he was as a coordinator, he would listen to the players. Now at some point, you know, he's going to say, uh, you know, we got to do it this way for this reason, and then you have to accept that as a player.
2: What was it like? Uh so I'm I'm kind of I've been around it just living in Chicago, being a Chicago Bear. I've seen a lot of the 85 Bears and I've heard I've heard some stories but the listeners and the, the YouTubers are watching this channel and show right now. Give us a couple of stories of what it was like playing with Walter Payton, Dan Hampton, mm-hmm. uh Steve You guys Hicks. were before Mongo. You guys were so
3: ahead uh, of the curve. You guys had personality. I mean, yeah. You you had I mean, I never forget because Ron Rivera was like our uh, 2015 team he's like you guys remind me so much of the 85 team Mm. he's like just the personality he's like you guys' biggest strength is being who you are like nobody else is caring you guys are taking pictures on the sideline he's like that's your biggest strength he's like being who you are be who you are I love you for who you are to me that's what he used to always say and he was like it reminded him so much of that team. Yeah. And he would always, it was very passionate. He loved that team because of that. Yeah. And it, you guys are so successful, and you guys are so ahead of the curve. Like peanut ten. Just like give us some great stories of that mm-hmm. team because you guys are I mean, y'all are one of the greatest of all time. We haven't
2: teams. won a Super Bowl since nineteen eighty five and yeah. the people in Chicago still treat the eighty five Bears like it happened last <laughs> year. Yeah, I kid are. you not. Like it's it's like what LaRoy Butler say, it's like living on scholarship. Like eighty five bears yeah. all are still the time. living on scholarship yeah. all the time. Like, yeah, man, yeah. just
1: No, you're right, man. When oh you my. go back, when I do go back, uh whenever I can, you you do feel like you're standing in time. You know, people haven't forgotten. And, and, you know, I don't know, Peanut, you guys got, you should, have, should have won one while you were playing. Oh my God, so. who are you
2: telling? I hear from this clown all the time. He's always making fun of me for not winning one. He's yeah. throwing it in my face. Right. But no, we had some great personalities, man.
1: Starting with our quarterback. I yeah. mean, you know, Jim McMahon was, mm-hmm. he was incredible. And I think one of the one of the things he did to endear himself to our players, our head coach could be really hard on uh, on players if if you weren't playing at a certain level mm-hmm. and Jim was one of those guys man who he didn't care <laughs> you know he didn't care what this coach said or that coach said and and some guys as you guys know will shrink yeah. under pressure but Jim like he, he kind of lifted all the pressure and said put it on my back and so the players loved him for that and you know he'd say things to the coaches I can't repeat <laughs> some of the things he'd say man but you'd be like man he's talking to coaches like that and you'd be like that's good, because yeah. they, they, they deserve that when they're talking <laughs> yeah, to us, you know? Yeah, you're so, like, yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah but to have a teammate like that and then, you know, Walter being as great as he was, uh, the ultimate prankster, you know, always pulling pranks. You know, we're in training camp, man. You, you're getting your rest. All of a sudden, the fire alarm goes off. You're thinking, you know, something bad's happening. And there's Walter outside. When you run outside, laughing at everybody because <laughs> there's no fire alarm. There's no fire. It's just... You know, him pranking everybody, but uh just, just some great players. Now, you mentioned Steve McMichaels. You I mean, you guys know that uh he just became a finalist. Yeah, uh, in the Hall CK, of Fame. Yeah, for yeah. All of which is outstanding. Yeah. And he's battling uh, uh Yes, yes, which is hard and uh, was a great teammate. Having the, the D-line that we had, think about the D-line that we had compared to you guys. You guys had a yeah. good D-line, too. Y'all got with, some with killers. With, oh, man, Hall of Famers. So... I played with some guys, Roman, that made me look really, really good. Yeah, and easy. St- and Steve was one of them. He was a great player, great person, uh, and a big personality as well. Always walking around in the, in the locker room, flexing his muscles. Uh, <laughs>
2: Went to UT. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, he he was he was he was a different dude. I I can't get into a lot of detail about <laughs> the flexing, but uh, he was always showing off uh, his body to to his teammates <laughs> and to the world if, if the world wanted to see it. But he was uh, just a great teammate. But uh, we had guys all throughout Singletary. I mean, just just a lot of great players
3: on so that you team. Just
2: naming all Hall of fame Yeah. Could could, could like I Hall. just? In could, could I?
3: I, I got to know another thing. Talking about the team, that '85 Bears team. I had to look this up too. It's like now, the Super Bowl Shuffle, <laughs> right? Super Bowl Shuffle. It was. It was legendary. Mm. It was the first time anybody had had their own thing. I mean. How did that come about? And you were part of the G squad, yeah. the G crew. Right. Like, what was the G crew, number one? Yeah. And how did you, like, how did this whole Super
1: Bowl shuffle thing kind of yeah. pop off? Yeah. So, if you guys can imagine, man, you're in the middle of the season and you're on a run, you know, we're on this winning streak. And then one of our teammates, Willie Galt, comes to us with this idea about doing this video. Uh, and at the time, these music videos were really popular, mm-hmm. uh, MTV popularized. And so, you know, you, he's telling different guys about it and he's enlisting guys to be a part of it. And, you know, you, you, I, I know for me, I was having thoughts about, do you really want to do this during this season? Yeah, yeah. We, do, doing whole, the season? Yeah. yeah. it's putting the whole, yeah. But to the point you guys were making earlier about the personalities on our team, right. the Colorado that we had, I mean, we, we, we knew we were good and we wanted to be able to let everybody else know that we were good. <laughs> right? But here we are in, I think, maybe week 10 or week 11, where it really kind of comes together. And then it, we go down to Miami. I think uh, we are 12-0 at the time. We lose to the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. And, of course, they've got this streak. And we're on, approaching trying to you know, get this undefeated streak of theirs. And we lose the game. We get back to Chicago maybe 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and the video was set up for us to go and, 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 and do it uh, first thing that morning. And, you know, I'm thinking about, do, do you really want to do this? And I said, you know, I heard this from Chico. Yeah, I said, Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I said, um, for me, I'm going to do it. I, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. Now some guys didn't get up, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. come down there. And, uh, uh, but I made a commitment. So I went down there and, um, uh, and glad I did. But if you can just think back to what it would be like for both of you during the middle of the season yeah, to go down and shoot a video saying that you are the best team in the National Football League. After losing. and, and, and After losing. And then dare everybody else to tear it down or, or break it up. And, you know, we went on and, and won a Super Bowl. At halftime, when I'm on the sideline uh, with my street clothes on after that injury, mm-hmm. They're playing the Super Bowl Shuffle in the Dome. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. looking at this man going like, "We haven't even won the game yet, but we were up big." <laughs> yeah, and they're playing the Super Bowl. It was like being at home in Chicago in New Orleans. It was it was awesome. So <laughs>
2: Bears fans, they yeah, travel well.
1: They travel well. They yeah, travel, they travel well. well. Yeah.
2: So now that you're in, we'll we we'll back to the media side. Now that you're in media, you know my guy Rome. He over here. He does SEC Network. We do our podcast. He's got a whole slew of jobs that he does via media. Rome, give him give him some tips. What, what do you, what do you think you can give him, tip wise? Um, I I, I think the the two coach, coach him up, coach. You know what? Let me just
3: take advantage. <laughs> yeah, of this. yeah. Coach, coach him up. Are you ready? I wish I had a pointer. I could let <laughs> you <him>. right, <laughs> right. right. Hit the rewind button three or four yeah. times. Um, it's it's two things I'd always say. Uh, the biggest thing is you have to be able to do two things, and that is, uh, you have to be mm. able to entertain and educate. Mm. And if you can do, you have to be able to do one of those. Great. And if you can do two, it's a home run. So always being able to educate, get your point across in the right amount of time without using too many words. Um, Don't talk on three different topics. I would pick one topic and slam it home versus trying to hit them with three different things because the average person can't maintain that much. You just, they just, they just can't. They just don't know ball enough the way we do. So simplifying in that way and be able to deliver to the average person. And like my mom always tell me is like, make sure that she can understand it. Mm. So when I say twins or, you know, jet motion, just explain what that is. They don't always mm. know. Or, or RPO. She's like, what is that? I'm like, remember, I'm still watching. I'm like, all right, mom, I got you. So just those things and everything else comes natural. Cause all you do, like you're a ball guy. Mm. Like, don't ever forget that. Don't try and be who anybody else is. Just be the best version of Leslie Frazier. And obviously you have, it's worked out beautifully for you. Your whole life, the longevity of your career has been awesome, and uh, getting to know you even more, I understand why you've been in the positions and the seats you've held because you are a ball guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's good advice, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on that. And uh, matter of fact, my my next appearance, whenever that is. I'm gonna be calling you up for a critique. <laughs> right, I, 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 I want to be able to get, I want to get a critique so I can just keep progressing and getting better and better. Yeah, wanna, what this, what's, these are great pointers. What, what
3: are the, what are some of the advice that you hear back? And it's really hard to get uh, critiques in this business as well because um, so often nobody wants to tell you anything bad. And we're in this, this, we're in this space of football where I'm just a plus and minus guy. Like mm-hmm. I, I love getting critiqued. Yeah. I love telling some like somebody tell me I did a terrible job so I know what I don't I right. can't do right. That's the athlete in story. And stuff. then that's, I love yeah. I love hearing the feedback you know okay that was good but like I don't care about the goods. I care so much more out of the ba- the losses and the bads because that's when you really see true growth is uncomfortability and after losses. Yeah. You know when y- you don't really change that much you know you have so many bad mistakes or mental mistakes after when win. And you just like, "Mm, what we want. Like, it's easy. Mm -hmm. But if we, I didn't even have that many mistakes. I made one bad play after a loss. I'm like, it just, it
1: almost burns the whole building down. Yeah. I think that's in our DNA as athletes. Like, (laughs) like you said, I mean, that's just, we want immediate feedback. We don't want a coach sugarcoating it. No. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's trying to take my reps down. Yeah. Wait a minute, man. You you said (laughs) I've been playing well. Right. Or you ain't even been saying (laughs) anything to me. So, no, I want I want immediate feedback to be able to let me know what direction I'm going or how I'm going, and 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 that's how you improve, just like you said. And so, uh, for me, uh, the feedback has been very positive up, up to this point. Uh, all the things you mentioned a moment ago about being able to entertain and educate—that's I've heard that a few times. That that's that's going to be one of the keys to being successful in this business, and that's one of the reasons uh, that I'm doing what I'm doing is because of my background mm-hmm. and being able to educate, but. You said it a moment ago, can you talk in a language that the average fan can understand, uh, but yet not dumb it down so much that, you know, the fans are, are saying, "What? Why, why would he say it that way? Or, you know, yeah. just being able to communicate on, on their level without saying, jet motion or t r c yeah uh you know whatever it may be TRC is that. just over routes yeah like people like, they call it transcontinental yes. it's like you know what I mean? it's yes. like a yes. whole bunch
3: of big highways over there with the top three levels yeah three it, level, uh, three level routes. Yeah, yeah i i um i i i just think it's so interesting uh when you're always talking ball um have you personally have you ever have you taken time to like give yourself your own flowers like have you had time to like smell the roses hmm. take a breath of fresh hmm. air you know, you, you, you went from playing, not having it in the way you do, to accepting a coaching job. And since then, you've only coached. And then now, you take first, the, first, yeah, year off. first year off, mm-hmm. you're going to a training camp or two. You, you know, you're still sniffing at it. I still want to get back. But have you ever, like, taken a second, like, you know what? Man, Leslie Frazier is very accomplished. Mm-hmm. Throughout it all, it hasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It didn't end the way I thought it was going to end. But, man, I look up and I'm like,
2: I was all right. I did pretty good. <laughs> I was I was pretty dope at my job. <laughs> yeah. I did some good stuff, right?
1: I think there'll be a, a time for reflection. I don't know if I'm there yet. Okay. Uh, that's,
3: uh, that's so many
1: coaches. Yeah. They, they don't know
3: how. They just don't know how. They just can't do it. Just, can't do it. They, yeah.
1: they, they can't yeah. do it. Uh, you know, with this new challenge, uh, uh, being in broadcasting, that's yeah. a different challenge, so that kind of, Keeps your mind on certain things. And I agree. Then, uh, one of the things I've done this off season is just get with some other coaches and we'll get on a Zoom and we'll just go through some ball and talk some ball. So, um, and then my, my, my daughter got married this summer as well. And that was a big deal, man. <laughs> um, a big deal. Just to be, one, one day you guys will get there. Uh, but to be able to be around my daughter and her fiance Mm -hmm. uh, doing this off season, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I were coaching. I was thinking about it the other day. So thankful that I could participate rather than just show up at the wedding and walk her down the aisle. But I was actually a participant in some of the things that they were doing leading up to the wedding. That 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 is probably the most time that I spent with our daughter since she left home when she was 18 years old. And I'll I'll never uh, be able to uh say thank you enough yeah. for that time that I was able oh, wow. to spend this this all season yeah. uh, which I wouldn't have been able to do as I mentioned before if I were coaching so that alone has made me thankful uh for this time so I'm I'm just uh uh but from a reflection standpoint the time will come I don't I don't I I've got enough things going on right now I don't know if this is the time but uh we I don't think we're there yet <laughs> I respect
2: that I respect yeah. that yeah. so coach uh great career coaching um, your Mount Rushmore. Hmm. If you had four people to put on it of people that have influenced you, helped you, mentored you, just just important people that have had a pivotal role in your life, who would those four people be?
1: Yeah. yeah. Number one, uh, my grandmother who raised me and my two younger brothers, that, that is, uh, she would have to be on that Mount Rushmore. Uh, hmm. Major influence. What you see today, is a product of my upbringing by her mm-hmm. and uh, forever grateful to my grandmother. One of my y- uh, coaches when I was young, uh, a gentleman named Charles Brown, who as a young kid growing up without a father, he saw something in me. And, you know, from the time I was probably seven, eight years of age, uh, he was mentoring me and helping me uh, to, to grow as, a, as an athlete and got me introduced to baseball. Um, I mean, that was probably my first sport, and then introduced me to football and basketball. But it all came from him just encouraging me mm-hmm. and and keeping me from going down a, a different path. Yeah, because uh, he he turned me to to, to sports, and you know it, it you know helped change my life by being able to be in the sports and and then having success. So Mr. Brown uh, would definitely be one of those two people, and then. Um, it, I would have to put my wife there with her support that she's given me. Uh we've been married 41 years now and shout out to uh, 41. Yeah, and without yeah, number no 41 right here. <laughs> yeah, I with, like how that, you
2: played that in there. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That was a layup. Yeah. I had to take the layup. Yeah. But without her support, uh, she was there doing those Trinity years. Uh, yeah. Doing my, my she was the, the she was the one
3: telling yeah. you like you yeah. never
1: like you should like are you sure should yeah. she, yeah. the yeah.
3: she was there the whole time. It's amazing how
2: they're always right with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be crazy. If we listen, if they're we, always right. Yeah, if we're just listening. If we would just listen. <laughs> right. Oh my right, goodness. Right.
1: Uh, but she would be there. And and probably my uh, one of my high school coaches, uh, a guy named Robert Smith, uh, who just was very supportive uh, when I was in high school and you guys know what it's like when you are a teenager and you're just trying to figure things out, man. And different people are pulling on you when you're a star athlete, yeah. trying to get you into some things. And and he was one of those guys who kept me on that path, you know, just to you know, just walk the right way. And he helped me when I was trying to figure out college because no one in my family had ever graduated, to co- graduated from college or gone to college. And I mean, he was talking to my grandmother about the process and what needed to be done. And he's been a, a supporter all the way through uh, oh, awesome. uh, my high school years until now today. So those will probably be the people that I would put on that, at Mount Rushmore, those four. Yeah. All right.
3: Mine is a broad cra- uh, broadcast question. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, have
3: you got to that point where, you know, you can watch it whether you know the coach or the defense that they're mm-hmm. running? Can you, like, tell them how it is and be a little bit more critical? I think that was mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I had to get over the hump of Yeah. early was, you know, I mean, if, if the boy, if he crapped the bed, like you got to call it what it is. Like he he just blew it. Like, and so have you, are you to that point where you're ready to be critical on people, especially teams or coaches that you may know? And uh, are you ready to accept the repercussions? And (laughs) like, if I'm just calling balls and strikes, are they willing, are you really to call balls and strikes and ready for them to accept it and for you to receive whatever comes
1: back? I I, I think that's part of the territory in this role. Yeah, it is. Uh, So, you know, I have to be ready to do that and accept the repercussions from it, as you mentioned. Um, I haven't gotten to that point yet, haven't been in a situation like that, but the time will come and um, try to do the right thing when the time comes. I I think (laughs) there's a way to do it. Uh, but you need to be able to call it like you see it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're a fraud. So yeah, I agree. You don't, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to uh, cheat are, the fan. Are there any
3: broadcasters or analysts that you watch who you've been like, man, I, I really like what this guy's doing. Like, maybe I could try and emulate or, you know, this is how I want to model my game after.
1: Well, this is probably the, the most that I've been able to watch other analysts because ordinarily, you know, I, when I was coaching even when I was playing I didn't really want to keep up with what the media was saying yeah right. you can't let well, it affect you, you yeah yeah I just uh, wouldn't want to read stuff I didn't want to watch uh, you know other people what they were doing what they were saying it just so this off season I've had a chance to try to observe and just look at you know different p- people uh, not only here at the NFL Network but other networks as well mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any one person I've kind of hung on to I've just tried to observe and listen and just see how different people do different things and just see what I could pull from that without losing my personality. Yes. The way I've looked at it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know this this past I think you said this offseason, uh, you got inducted to the Black College Football Hall of Fame. You went to Alcorn State. Uh, you mentioned that. Uh, swack, baby. Shout out to the SWAC.
3: My dad played at Alabama State. My mom graduated from Alabama State. I grew on, up man. watching the Alabama State marching Hornets my whole life. Wow. I went to Alabama, but I grew wow. up in the swack baby. So I know all about <laughs> wow. it. I'm, I awesome. When I read that,
2: I'm a swack. Fanatic, small so, world, yes, man. Small world. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. I just, I'm just. Kid- what, what was <clears throat> what was that experience like? Thanks for interrupting me. In my, <laughs> my bad. I got excited. You, you <laughs> bring yeah. up the swag, bro. You, was, did, yeah. you see, Coach yeah. Frazier didn't. Oh be, yeah, he didn't. It, it he didn't bat excited. eye. He yeah. didn't bat excited. eye. He yeah. knows what it's like. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. How do you know I wouldn't go and do that? Because I know you're about you <laughs> I know
3: about moms. And pops. Like they told Dion, you ain't swag. They did. With all due respect, you're good, bro. You're good. But that's
1: what they told him. Yeah. But no, it was it was it was a very First humbling off, experience. Congratulations! On thank, you. That. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. thank you, thank you. But it was it was humbling uh, when you think of all the great mm-hmm. players that have come from HBCUs, going back to Walter and you know just Robert Brazil, Jackie I mean, Slater. Jackie Slater. I mean, yeah. just so many great players. Uh, you know, Doug Williams and and James Harris were there. Just uh, to to have your name mentioned with those other greats, mm-hmm. it just. Uh, humbles you, you know, um uh, and, and, and much respect for all those that came before me. And uh, you know, you you feel like you you've accomplished something, uh, because now, I mean, these are the are the people that know how hard you worked and know some of the things that you sacrificed to be the player that you were, much like you guys. I mean you I mean people don't know the sacrifices that went into your getting ready to play on, on game day. Right. Uh you know, it's not just rolling out of the bed and going out there. So uh, the recognition uh, by people that look like you uh, mm. means a whole lot to me, a, a great deal, and I'm I'm forever grateful uh, uh, for that experience.
3: Now, Coach Fraser, they they actually marked you down as a top 15 all-time player at Alcorn State. Mm. Um, we all know who's number one. <laughs> all right, there's no question. It's Steve. Steve, yeah, yeah. Steve there's, there. there's no yeah. question. This, this yes. guy was. It was like everybody was it. I mean, he was throwing up the hooks as a as a bruh, and he wasn't even a bruh at the time. So it was like, I mean, we let we let Steve McNair do everything yeah. when he was at Alcorn. And um, can what do does that? it mean? Can I? Can I? Throw no, you the, cannot. I cannot throw no. no, you not? cannot. i No. Why not? Steve did it. Like, dude, you're not Steve McNair. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know you like I said before. You ain't swag. Right? You don't understand. <laughs> so it, it was. Um, could you talk about th- your last thing is just like the experience of being at HBCU, what it was like playing at Alcorn state when you played at the SWAC, like that was really the avenue for a lot of African-American players at the time, because they still weren't getting the love at the the PWIs at the time, um, especially quarterbacks or other skill positions where you kind of like funneled you into being a corner or whatever. But um Could you talk about that special relationship that you'll probably always have
1: uh, being in that that lane? It's a good question. I'm glad you brought that up because when I came out, uh, it was right around when things were beginning to change. Yeah, we hadn't gotten to obviously where we are today, but it was just starting to change. Uh, So I ended up going over to Ole Miss for a visit. I grew up like 15 minutes from Mississippi State. Uh, My first college game to view was at Mississippi State. Uh, when I went over to, to Ole Miss on a visit, my uh, high school coach had played at Ole Miss and he and Archie Manning had played together. And, um, I was there, man. And I just, I was like, man, uh, something I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I just, yeah. didn't, and at that time, if you were not a starter at, at, at some of those SEC schools, you, you weren't going to come in and be a backup. They weren't recruiting you as a black athlete, um, uh, to to be a backup, it just wasn't really wasn't so that wasn't that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you were more than likely going to be a star player, and um, it's in, in just a different era. You know, yeah. things were just starting to change a little bit. And when my one of my coaches took me to an Alcorn versus Mississippi Valley State game, and Alcorn was what? recruiting me, Mississippi like, State, Mississippi Valley. Shout out to Walter Payton. Yep, shout out to yep. him. Uh, uh, to Jerry, Jerry Rice and those guys I mean all of them so when when I go to the Alcorn Valley game and your parents can attest to this the atmosphere mm. at those games it's different, it's different. Oh, it hits man. different Thomas yeah. know about that at Howard yeah. Yeah. our producer it went does. to Howard it's, yeah. Yeah, it, just, it just hit different it, it yeah. does hit different the, the, the band it, that's the, what it's like I mean like. the Come battle on. of the bands all of them looking man the atmosphere and then the way they treated me uh, when I was there uh, they 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 treated me like I was already a member of the team. Yeah, know, just, yeah, yeah. And I went back home and I told my grandmother, that's why I wanted to go to school and um, nothing against, you know, some of the others, cause I wasn't like recruited by 50 different schools. It's just a few schools in, in, in the local area. Uh, but just the environment and the atmosphere just was better for me. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing against any other place, but in my mind, I needed to be where People kind of wrapped arms around me. That's yeah. the kind of kid was love. I was. Yeah, yeah it, was it was love. love. I yeah, took my yeah. daughter to a.
2: Yeah. Or a I tell the story all the time. I took my daughter to a, a college visit, and we went to Howard, mm. and it wouldn't. It wasn't. You know, I went out to shake hands, and one of the the deans at the professor, She was like, mm, "Come here, baby. Welcome home. <laughs> welcome yeah. back to the Megan." <laughs> yes. She just gave me this hug, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god. Yeah. Thank, thank you, yeah. Auntie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. I like you know. this place. Yes. It literally yes. felt like a different world, and right. I. I literally, I wanted to go to Howard so bad. I bought t-shirts and (laughs) I was like, man, I might have to get another degree just to say I'm from, (laughs) just to say I went to Howard just because I went, I wanted that, but I, I didn't go there, but our, everyone I've talked to that has went to an HBCU, they say the love that you feel when you step on campus, it's just, it just hits different.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly what it was for me. And I, I just, I said, man, this is where I need to be. This is the yeah. environment I need to be in. And, you know, you fast forward to 2023, would I see it in a different? Who knows? Uh, but at that time in my life, this 1976, 1977, it was, it was the right thing for me. And, yeah. and I'm forever grateful for my experience at Alcorn. It was it was everything I hoped for, man. Now, it was a challenge. Uh, we we worked hard, just like we all doing in right. man, football. And, uh, you know, it's just the way it was. But all the things that came from that experience, uh, having a chance to meet my wife there and, yeah. and, 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 and the, the friendships that I made that are life lasting. I got a call just yesterday. I played baseball and football at Alcorn and got a call just yesterday uh, from my, one of my baseball teammates about a little bit of a reunion. And I've missed all these things over the years. And yeah. Cause you've yeah. Yeah. Been, every fall, you know, I've been, been away, but this fall, I'll get a chance to go back and witness a game in person, which is going to be awesome as well. But uh, to be able to relive that experience a little bit. So uh, forever grateful for my time there, Uh, you know, being able to get my degree while I was there, uh, the relationships that were built, uh, the, the, the strong bonds, man, that are, lifelong. Yeah. Uh, just just thankful for that period. What was your biggest baseball
3: highlight in college? I got to know this. I didn't even I know didn't, you even, uh, yeah, baseball didn't know played baseball <laughs> either.
2: Like, Come yeah. on, Thomas. You <laughs> drop the ball on this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, a buddy of mine who uh, is with another team in Cincinnati.
2: What position did you play?
1: I played first base and outfield. First outfit. base, outfield. Okay. okay. Yep. We're playing, and you guys probably don't remember this name, we're uh, playing Jackson State. They have a a guy who ended up going to the majors named All Cam Board. You remember, do you guys remember that name, Boston Red Sox? You're not no. baseball fans then. Uh, anyway. Thomas does. Okay. okay. So <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's our baseball guy. <laughs> he's, he, was, he, was, he was an excellent uh, pitcher for the for the uh, Red Sox. So we've got uh, two out. Uh, bottom of the ninth or last inning. Uh, got a man on. Second, we got to drive him home to, to win this game. Mm-hmm. Game winning hit against all cam board was a big deal. <laughs> and to be able to, to get to first base and have everybody running on the field, high-fiving you, Walk driving off. in the game, winning run. I mean, that was a special time. I know what other highlights, but that one definitely really sticks in my out. mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we ended up having a a good relationship and as I followed his career mm-hmm. and, and major league baseball and then my career in pro football. And we're both being from Mississippi and playing in the swag, just, uh, you know, a good relationship between the two of us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so good.
3: Um, Coach, man, thank you so much, man. Blessing us with your time. Thank you. Your energy, uh, your wisdom, the words. uh, Wisdom. I'm very, very very, very thankful, man. Uh, I'm sad I didn't get to play for you. Um, we would have worked that banjo out I promise y'all would communicate I promise you communicate I'm a communication guru that love is it. Love that it. is what allowed me to play so yes. long man uh, Peanut um, thank you man as always keep bringing the energy dog thank you guys for allowing me to be here anyways for all our listeners viewers continue to tune in as always like we always ask you and tell you demand it give us a five star rating give us that review hit follow anywhere you pick up your podcast which is Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio podcast, continue to tell a friend and tell a friend to tell a friend. We're going to continue to move on. We're going to continue to hit you with the best in what the NFL has to offer as far as the people we get to share these stories with talking about the transition, the walks of life, the spirituality that we all get to share, man. This fellowship, it's like nothing else, man. I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. And I'm going to continue to bring the juice because my man Peanut is bringing the juice. So all day long. Thank you, man. Appreciate long. it as always. Peanut, please get us out of here the right way
2: Hey, I'm Peanut. That's my guy, Rome. And this is Coach Frazier. Hey, thank y'all for tuning in. And this is the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. And we out.